Welcome to It's a Slate of Mind with Allison Hazelden. This is the entertainment industry's video podcast, where we spark honest, unfiltered conversations within the community about things we're all thinking about, but don't talk about enough. I invite you to join my circle of friends, both new and old, as we tackle the industry together. Hey guys, so there are certain difficult parts of life that we are all aware of on some level, but don't necessarily plan for. We all go through hard times, heartbreaks, fears, losses, and whether it's the passing of a loved one or another situation of loss, grief is a part of life that we will all experience at some point. And it's not easy. And there's not much that we can do to prepare for it. But today I'm joined by actor David Flannery, who is sharing his experience walking through grief as an actor. As actors, our bodies, minds, and hearts are our tools to do our jobs. And while grief is absolutely challenging for all people, regardless of their career, as actors, it can be particularly difficult and confusing to navigate. Working through and sorting out emotions, managing projects and set life, and continuing to move a career in the entertainment industry forward while processing a loss is a huge juggle between our emotional experience as an individual and then the emotional work we need to do our jobs as actors. In this episode, Dave shares his experience, and we talk about some ways to navigate this phase of life in a positive way. I do want to make sure that I give a trigger warning before we dive into this episode. We will we will be talking about death and losing loved ones and some really heavy subjects. So I just want to make sure that that's clear um, and that you are aware of that before we continue on with this episode. If you think that's going to be triggering for you, please pause the episode now. I'm also going to share the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline with you in case you or someone you know is struggling right now and could use support. You can contact them at 1-800-273-8255. I hope you guys know that I'm not saying these things or making these disclaimers in any way, shape, or form to scare you, Um, but just to be sensitive to the many different experiences our listeners across the country have had. I care about each one of you, and I hope that this episode is educational, comforting, and inspiring. All right. David Flannery, thank you so much for being here. I'm so psyched. Yeah, totally. Um, So let's start out by just introducing you to our listeners. Um, Give us the scoop. Give us the background um, on where you're from and kind of how you got started in the business. Uh, Okay. Well... I was born in the Bay Area, so go Niners. Um, my family, we, we moved around a little bit. I went to uh, kindergarten and Kentuck- kindergarten and first grade in Kentucky. Uh, oh, wow. Where, yeah, that's where my dad's family is. Um, went to second grade back in California, and then we finally moved to Boise, Idaho, that's where my family settled down. So yeah, I typically claim the potato capital of the world <laughs> as where I'm from. Uh, very exciting stuff. 
That's so funny. I didn't know that you moved around so much. Was that like um like a parent's jobs just had you moving or you guys I, were just an adventurous family? <laughs> I think, well, I think my dad wanted to be close to his family, the the Kentucky thing. And then my mom's side of the family's in California. So mm-hmm. I think it, yeah, just more like the wars of families and where people are gonna stay and find right. it. It's like, you know what, let's split the difference and go to Idaho, you know. <laughs> like that works it's fine yeah sure yeah it seems like a nice place let's do that that's so funny so when did you start getting involved in the arts and was it uh, early on or did it take you a while to find your way there well um growing up I I loved Arnold Schwarzenegger (laughs) yeah he was like my hero I mean Terminator 2 was unbelievable and I probably shouldn't have been watching Terminator 2 at that age (laughs) but I just I really I couldn't get enough of it and it was just it was amazing it was so cool and I was like this is what I want to do when I grow up and you know when I when I got into junior high school I started getting into acting classes and I loved it I loved making people laugh I loved being up on the stage uh, seeing people happy and it was just, I was like, man, this is, this is everything. <laughs> and then I get into high school and I'm like, this is not cool anymore. I don't want to do this. This is, what am I doing? So I, I stopped acting and um, I got, I started going to college, uh, BSU. And I got like super depressed. Like mm-hmm. I, I was like going to school for biology and really yeah I should be a doctor because that's what my grandma wanted me to do (laughs) and I was like this sucks I mean for lack of a better term and like I said I got depressed and you know sometimes depression can really like either move you to change or you know you you stay yeah so um I started looking back on my life and like, what is it that I wanted to do? And, you know, all the the acting stuff started just coming back, coming back, coming back. And I just set a goal for myself that June 1st, 2008, I was going to move to LA and pursue it. And everybody thought I was crazy. (laughs) Yeah. As they do. I feel like we all have had those moments of someone thinking that we're crazy for yeah yeah absolutely (laughs) a 19 year old kid from Boise Idaho gonna go to LA I mean it's like that story that you you hear about all the time right so uh things just worked out and uh May 15th 2008 I I moved to LA and uh I beat your deadline I did by 15 days (laughs) yeah pretty exciting and it was it was wild it was a crazy, crazy time um, living out there. Like, I didn't know what I got myself into. Yeah, I was going to say, as a 19-year-old, and you moved and you moved by yourself? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's a lot. So you were in L.A. How long were you in L.A. for? I was in L.A. for seven years, um, studying around, going to different places. I, I mean... I remember my first acting class, it was Expressions Unlimited in Sherman Oaks on Ventura (laughs) Boulevard with Bobby Chance. And it was like two days after I moved to LA and I was like so gung-ho. And it was like, 
it wasn't even like an acting class, this Sunday class. It was like a freeing class, like free oh. yourself of all judgments. And I get in there and I'm like, what am I doing? <laughs> like we're laying no, on the wait, floor. Did you know that that's what it was when you signed up or did you think it was going to be something else? Well, so I, I went, it was like the second day I got to LA, I went to, um, it was a showcase. Oh, okay. And she's like, yeah, you got to come tomorrow. We do this class. And I was like, okay, cool. I'll come. And, you know, we started <laughs> off by like lay on the floor and she plays music and just kind of like let out whatever you want. And I'm like looking around and everybody's like yelling and <laughs> like being birthed. And I was like, what is going on? So Welcome to Los Angeles, David. Yeah, I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> So I stayed in that class for a while and um, I jumped over to John Homa, who he was the on coach for General Hospital. Mm. And uh, he, he taught me a lot, like, you know, what it is to be a man and all these different stuff. And I don't know, I studied, I studied around a lot, like groundlings for improv and nice. went to Calmanson and Calmanson for voiceover stuff. They helped me get a reel together. Um, the big names like, Chubbick and Mindell and um the one the one guy that you know I studied with the longest Jeremiah Comey who's unbelievable I mean if, if I implore everybody to check out his book The Art of Film Acting he is one of the greatest coaches to ever grace this industry just an incredible mm -hmm. man and really that was like the first time where I felt like I was really like learning and just getting the base of acting down and yeah just incredible Nice. So you were there. Um, what, what sparked the change to move then? Cause you were there for seven years. So you were, you were in it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, when you're in LA, you're kind of in this bubble, like you, like LA is the only place. And I mean, for the longest time, I thought that LA was the only place to do film and TV. I mean, sure you had New York, but I, I felt like it was more like theater, like Broadway. Like you, right. you weren't really moving to New York to do film and television. So I was living with this guy, uh, Lance Paul, and he had said that he'd been coming to Atlanta to shoot and do some production on stuff. And I was like, what? Atlanta? Why? Like, that makes no <laughs> sense. And he's like, man, no, it's, it's incredible. So I guess flash forward a couple of years and um, he had put my name to some guys out here, Spirit World Productions and Chase Smith. And they were gearing up to shoot a film um, it was a 1970s horror film about a band. Huh. And, yeah, they were looking for a, 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 a the lead, uh, the singer in it. Okay. And uh, it sounded super awesome. And I was like, <laughs> yes, I'll do it. Heck yeah. And, I mean, I can totally see you vibing with like the 70s era. Oh, well, the movie's out. So you can definitely go watch it if you oh, want. I will. <laughs> Dark Road 79. And uh, so I come out to Georgia, first time being here. I'm on location for three weeks. And 
it is like one of the most incredible experiences of my life. I had so much fun. I met so many people that, you know, I still talk to today. Like Austin Freeman worked on that movie. Mm. Um, Libby Blanton worked on that movie. Um, just some really close friends. I still have Kyle Lucas, Ed Boss, like just great people. So That's so funny. All yeah. of them were on that film. So, yeah. wait, so when was this then? Was this like around 2015? This was May. 2015. Okay, cool. Okay, I'm following. Yes, yeah, May 2015. And uh, I was here for like three weeks. I think we finished shooting on like the 28th or the 29th of May. And I go back to LA and I'm just so depressed. You know, you get the like after set blues yeah. and like nothing in life can compare. Like you had <laughs> so much fun. And I'm like, you know what? I was talking to everybody there and they were saying how incredible the film industry is getting. Why don't I just move to Atlanta? And I took a day to think about it. Um, I broke up with my girlfriend. <laughs> I quit my job. I put in my 30 day notice on my apartment and um, July 1st, I moved to Atlanta. So, no way. You decided this in a day? Yeah. Yep. Wow. Yeah. That is awesome. <laughs> it was, I mean, looking back, it's, it's kind of crazy, but it was, I mean, one of, besides moving to Los Angeles, moving here was, you know, one of the best decisions I've ever made for yeah. sure. It's been incredible. <laughs> Wow. That is crazy. I love that you just, you know, you had that gut feeling, you had like gotten all of that information, um, you know, from people who were already here and then you thought it over and then you just took action. I think that is, I mean, I think that's something that more people should do. Obviously like, you know, do your research and um, get your ducks in a row. But I think, <laughs> I think too many people like wait too long for no reason, you know? Yeah. And that's what, that was my thing. It's like, you know what, I can sit here and think about it. And if I think about it, I'm probably not going to do it. Right. And I want to do it right now. So let's just do it right now. And yeah, it, I, <laughs> I did it, you know, I just did it. And yeah. It and it's been well. a good decision. I'd say it's been a great decision. Yeah. Absolutely great decision. I totally agree. Awesome. Well, let's see. Is there anything else um, about you or about your background that you want to share? Um, well, I, a fun I, fact. <laughs> I, I love, I love traveling. Um, I, I do martial arts. I do Brazilian jiu-jitsu and kickboxing. So badass. Yeah, it's fun. Shout out to Team Octopus. Um, great, great guys. And I've got a really good group of friends that we all take Brazilian Jiu Jitsu together. So it's really great, you know, when you've got these close buddies that you can practice arm bars and triangles on and stuff. It, it, really, it really forms a bond. I can't say I've ever done a triangle, but um, that sounds fun. It's a lot to, easier than you think, believe me. I was going to say, it sounds super legit when you, when you say <laughs> it like that. Oh, yeah, me and my buddies were just doing the arm bar and the triangle. Flying arm bars and reverse triangles, yep. That's amazing. Cool. Um, so let's talk a little bit about our subject today, which is one that I have been really, really eager um, to address on the show. Um, it's something that I think, you know, most of us, 
never really think too much about until we're faced with a situation. Um, you know, whether you're walking through the loss of a loved one or uh, a friend or, you know, sometimes it's even a pet or, or something like that. Um, you know, we're never really prepared for it. None of us, doesn't matter if you're an actor or not, but I think for us as actors, you know, no one gives us a roadmap or any guidelines for how to continue to navigate our lives and our careers in a healthy way while also processing such a massive emotional life event. Um, I know I've had some instances uh, at the time I wasn't acting, so I honestly am not the expert on this. So I'm really glad that, um, that you're here to share your story. Um, and hopefully we can talk through some tips and advice that we might give to other people who might walk into a situation like this one day as well. Yeah. I mean, I'll do my best. (laughs) You know, I think like anything like this, you're, you're always going through it. You know, you can kind of do your best to, um, you know, show your face, but yeah, it's been, it's been an experience to say the least. Yeah. Um, so if you don't mind, if you want to maybe share a little bit about your experience um, with processing and, and going through grief um, as an actor, we would love to kind of get that foundation. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, let me just start off with saying that, you know, any death, especially one so close and personal, it's, it's, it's never going to be easy. I don't care who you are. It's it's never going to be easy. And, you know, it's been exactly that for Mm. me. Um, You know, when you're in an industry where you're required to let people in and to see that vulnerable side of you, you just, when you're dealing with it, it's so, it's so hard to do that. Yeah. It, It, when when it happens, you don't, you don't want to deal with anything, you know, right. you don't want to accept what happened. And until you can truly accept it, at least in my experience, you won't be able to share that vulnerability that you're required to as an actor. Yeah. You know? Yeah, no, absolutely. I think there's this, um, at least from what I've experienced personally, you know, we, almost need, you kind of need that time to process that event yourself and walk through that. And then you can down the road, once some time has passed, then access those feelings. But I think for a lot of us, while we're in the middle of it, we're like, okay, no, all of you need to go away. Like this is mine right now to figure out. And when I'm ready to um, let you in to see how I'm figuring this out, you can be here, but I'm not Kind of yeah. And, you know, everybody, everybody's intentions are right. You know, they want to be there for you. And, you know, sometimes maybe people, they, they can do that. But in my, my case, I couldn't, I, I did not want to see anyone, you know, um, right. I did not want to do anything. And until, you know, you figure out what's going on, or at least you're able to let those people in, it doesn't matter what anyone says, Yeah, you know, they're not, coming especially if someone's so stubborn as I am or can be like I'm like nope sorry stay the hell away right now like I can't and you know my uncle he probably gave me the best advice and I don't even know how he knew this or why he said it but you know he said that in this industry that we're in and this line of work 
I've truly been given a gift. You know, most people, they're going to sit here and they're going to think, what? No, no way. You're crazy. It's, it's terrible what happened. Yeah, it is terrible. It's absolutely terrible what happened to my family and in my life. But, you know, once I'm able to truly, or once you're able to truly accept it, you can turn it around and you can share it as a gift. Right. You know, and that's, that's where it becomes really remarkable. And, you know, sometimes I forget that. Yeah. I think it's easy to, easy to forget it because I think so much of the way that we've been programmed, especially in society is that we think of, you know, these feelings that are really unpleasant as being a negative, as being something that's going to make people uncomfortable as, you know, all of these things that we're, you know, intruding on other people when it can actually be, um, you know, helpful to them and a gift to them. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And um, Oh, sorry. You keep going. No, no, it's, it's good. It just, I was <laughs> just like, man, it, it's just thinking about it now. It's, um, you know, it's, no one's ever prepared for it. You know, it's, and I don't, I don't know how you can be like, even right. if somebody's like terminally ill and, you know, you know, they're going to pass away. It's still hard. Yeah, it's absolutely. Still hard. So for a little bit of context, I know you kind of had, were you on set or you had just wrapped set when you learned, learned the news? You had um, an interesting situation there, right? Yeah, it was, it was really interesting. I was actually on set and um, I was in the, um, I was changing in wardrobe and I, it was early in the morning and my mom being two hours behind in Idaho was calling me and, you know, I was getting changed and she had told me the news and um, I, I didn't even say anything. I just couldn't even say anything. So I just sat in the dressing room and I just started crying. And I didn't know what to do. I, I was ready. I was, you know, <laughs> I needed to go out there and do my performance. And especially, you know, you like sometimes booking a role is like the the great so i'm like okay i gotta i gotta do this i i gotta go out there and right i, I mean you're there i'm a professional i i got booked for this i i need to do it so i pulled myself together um and i was just so quiet i had to go to hair and makeup and she was just trying to talk and i was like i do not want to talk to you i do not want to talk like nobody knows what i'm going through right now mm. nobody knows what what's happened and i it was so incredibly difficult so we go out there do the performance um and finally, like after the, the first scene, I had to take the AD aside and I told him what happened. And he just looked, he was like, oh my God. Um, okay. Um, are you okay? <laughs> I was like, I don't know. Oh. And um, he's like, do you need to leave? And I was like, well, we've got another scene. Like, let's let's kind of go through it. So let's, let's do it. And, um, he's like, 
okay, hold on. So tells a few people, all right, he tells somebody else and she comes over and she's like, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, yeah, let's, let's just do it. And so we got through it and so, I don't know, we were supposed to shoot some more or something and they're like, you know what? Like, it's okay. Go home, do what you got to do. Um, I think I was supposed to be back the next day, but they said, it's okay. You don't have to come back. So I flew home and, you know, I was able to be with family, but it was like the, one of the hardest things I've ever had to do is get through these scenes after figuring this out. And, you know, I'm glad I did, but still it was just so painful being up there and just thinking like, no one knows, like no one knows how much pain I'm in right now. Wow. Yeah, no, that is, thank you for sharing that. Um, That is a lot. I can honestly say I've never experienced anything, anything like that. and hopefully you never have to. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, hopefully. Um, I, I have to say when I was listening to, I've heard you tell this story before, but listening to it this time, I don't know why, but my, my brain kind of latched onto the fact that, you know, everyone kept asking if you were okay. And I feel like if I was in that situation, I would have hated that. Yeah. Is that weird? I don't Not know. at all. I honestly, when I, it, the news hit, Facebook, you know, as it does, um, I was everybody, everybody you can think of, any people I didn't talk to in 10 years, 15 years were contacting, you know, like, I'm so sorry, are you okay? I'm so sorry. And I didn't want to hear, I didn't want to hear from anybody. I didn't know what to say, you know, like, everybody's like, are you okay? Are you, and it's like, no, I'm not okay. Like, what do you think? Like, I, I'm, but you know, I get it. People want to, or they're right. trying to be nice and they're trying to like be there for you but, in the best way that they can. Yeah. yeah. There's really nothing they can actually do at that moment. But I just, I honestly, I just hated everything. It was yeah. so, so hard. And especially being so far away from my family who was also dealing with the same thing I was dealing with. I like no one else I knew was dealing with that right now, except right. so I had to like, I, I booked a flight and left the next day so that I could yeah. go be with them. So with that project then, so did they rebook your second day or did they just kind of rework the project around it or how did that happen? Cause I know I'm sure some listeners are curious about that side of it. So I, I'm pretty sure they kept all the stuff and they just they didn't do the second day it's all yeah i think i I, the second day was like kind of up in the air they had it booked like maybe just in in case thing and they they didn't use it they didn't need to use it so yeah um, so so it worked out in terms of that day and you know you weren't penalized for for what happened and it sounds like everyone was pretty supportive and um you know, helped you get through that one day that you were there. Yeah. Thank God. You know, I I think a lot of times the film industry can get like a bad rap for like people just being so, I don't know, crappy. Cutthroat. Yeah. Yeah. And just not caring, which, you know, has been the case in some instances of my life, but for the most part here in Georgia, most people are really nice and, and are very supportive. We have a great 
film industry circle here that yeah. I think everybody truly cares about each other. So, yeah, I, I completely agree. Um, so what, you know, as anyone who has experienced grief knows, it's not like a, okay, that happened to me this week and then it's, and then it's over and I'm back to, you know, working on my career. Um, so can you share a little bit about, you know, maybe some of the unexpected challenges and unexpected po- positives that came in those months after as you're, you know, working through kind of getting back into your routine um, while still processing the grief? Well, I mean, unexpected. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I had been working pretty consistently for the past six months uh, prior to this. Every month I had booked something and I was on a roll and I felt like amazing. I, 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 man, this is clicking. This is clicking. And then this happened November 3rd. 2018 that's the day I was on set and everything and um the the unexpected I I didn't book any I didn't book anything December January February March like I was like what happened you know and I I didn't know what to do and all I wanted to do was work at least that's what I thought all I wanted to do was keep myself busy so that I didn't have to think about it so that I didn't have to deal with it. Mm. And um, life was just kind of telling me like, no, you have to deal with it. Yeah. Like you need to slow down. You need to slow down. You need to deal with what's happening. And it wasn't until, so the first time I went out to see my family and kind of go through everything, I, I, as much, as good as it was to be with them, I really was so quiet around them. You know, it, it's, it was kind of like an awkward thing. I didn't know what to do. It wasn't until the, the second time I seen my family in May when like kind of everything had passed, you know, it was right. like six months later. Um, it was my brother's memorial. We had a memorial service for him. And that's when it kind of like, I felt a lot better being around them like it was kind of the only thing that really helped was to see them because I'd gone those six months just being by myself out here like I said going being around people that really didn't know what I was going through and until I went back and saw them again did I did I was I actually able to feel a lot better and I think in it was either June or July. It finally worked on something again. So I think I just needed that, that kind of like not letting it go, but it just needed that time to like really process and deal with it. And, you know, it's always going to be different for everyone. Sure. No, no, no two experiences in this, you know, in passing or death, it's, it's never going to be the same. And, you know, it's, it's, it was hard. It was so hard. It was so hard. And it still is, you know, there's times where I, I think about him or what happened and it's just, it's tough. It really is. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. I think, you know, um, and what I would like to say for anyone listening, you know, sometimes that's going to happen where just like what happened with you, Dave, 
where, you know, you, you didn't end up booking and, you know, for other people, maybe you will end up booking something in that time. Um, do you feel like, were you frustrated with yourself at all? Like, did you think that you were getting in your own way? Like, were you mad about the grief part of that affecting your lack of bookings or did you, were you able to kind of keep it separate? How was that? No, I, I think, I think that's a good word. Frustration. I was extremely frustrated, you know, especially, and I think any actor can say this when they're, when they're on a roll and they're booking and they're booking and then you stop. Yeah. That is frustrating, you know, and especially after something like this, you kind of, I don't know if I can say I blamed it on my brother because it's not the right word, but just, I was extremely selfish and didn't want to deal with what was happening. And, you know, it was just, I don't know. It was. It, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know. Maybe this is not the case for you, but I know for me, I sometimes will get mad that I'm not over it fast enough or I'm not mm-hmm. able to handle it better. Yeah. I think that's where I find a lot of my frustration um, with loss of, of, you know, of any kind. I've, I had a friend who passed as well, um, very unexpectedly. Um, and I kind of can relate to you in some of those ways where I would just be like, it comes out of nowhere where you're like, oh, huh, Carl would have loved this. And then I get really sad. Um, yeah. And then you get kind of like mad at yourself. Like, why are you sad right now? Like, come on, you got to go to this audition or, um, or this or that or the other thing. But um, what would you say, you know, were some things now that you have had some time um, to kind of get back up in the saddle and back in the swing of things, what are some um, tips or practices or things that you found along the way that kind of helped you move through it in a, in a positive way? Well, like I said, being with my family really was um, the number one thing, especially like when I saw them at Christmas time, it, I don't think I've ever really appreciated being with them as much as I do now. Mm. Um, And I feel the same about it with my parents and me, you know, they've, they've said some stuff, you know, you know, we, you know, you never know when you're going to, the last time you're going to see somebody, you know, mm-hmm. and they, like, we really cherish those times that we're together now. It's like, it, it's like, it took a whole new meaning, you know, like when we're together, it really like means something. It's not just like the, Oh, Hey, what's going on? We're together. Cool. It's like now it just, it, it's great, you know, and I really, I really enjoy being with my family now more than I ever did. Yeah. It's like you take, you take those things, those little things for granted until, you know, they're gone or until you suffer something like this, where you kind of look at life and you're like, I, I, I really do cherish these moments. And, you know, I say that with any, anything or anybody going through something like this, like, everyone's going to pass away and like really spend time with the people that you really, really, truly care about and love and, you know, be with them, really be with those people through the things that make you happy, you know, be with the people that make you happy. I love that. And I think, you know, it definitely is really hard for people to understand that new perspective. Um, 
that people do have when they've lost someone that they are really close with and that they care about. Um, but I think that's such great advice. Um, another question I had was, did you have talks with your representation during this time? And how was that process for you? Because I know there's a lot of actors who get really nervous about bringing up anything that might be a disruption or like a, a red flag in their mind for their agents. Um, was that something that you kind of talked to them about or did you keep it separate and private? Uh, yeah, you know, I started becoming pretty open about everything. Like I would just kind of say it and, yeah. you know, if something was affecting me, I would just, you know, just say like, Hey, yeah, you know, my brother passed away and, you know, you get the, Oh, I'm so sorry. And it's like, no, you know, it's, it's okay. I'm going through it. Um, <laughs> I switched agencies during the time. So, um, maybe that's how I dealt with it. I don't know. I can't say, you know, what you should or shouldn't do. Like I dealt with it in that way. Yeah. And I'm not saying that's why I did, but Right. It just happened that you had been transitioning. Transitioned agencies. Yeah. Um, I think you should, but you should, you should do it in a way that you feel comfortable doing it. And, right. you know, with a, with an acting class or a coach, I think you should let them know what you're going through because your work, as much as you think it's not going to be affected, it is going to be affected. And, you know, a lot of coaches are going to be like, well, what's going on with you? It's going to come out one way or another. Yeah. Well, I was thinking, you know, I feel like especially if you're in um, like a Meisner training or anything like that, I think that would be really, really vital to let your your coach know just because it can get really intense in, in some classes. And, um, you know, you want to have those respectful boundaries. Yes, you for this industry, absolutely, always you want the respectful boundaries, especially Meisner when, and in Meisner especially, it's going to come out one way or another. Everyone's going to find out and you might as well just put it out there first. Do it in whatever way feels best for you, but please let your coach know so that they can they take care of you. you. Yeah, yeah, they can look after you. So you you still feel safe. Right. Yeah, because I think they could do something or the person you're working with can say something to you that will hit so deep and they will not know. You know, it's, yeah, don't do that to yourself. Yeah, I think that's super important. And kind of on that note, um, how have you noticed, or maybe there wasn't, you know, as much of a change as you thought there would be, but when it does come to the craft and your work, um, have you noticed uh, many changes and kind of how has that looked for you? Well, I think the, it's going to, that's going to come with more time. You know, I feel like there, it's always um, a learning experience when it comes to this. I, I don't care as much as how I look anymore. If that makes sense. Like mm -hmm. a lot of times, you know, you, you're sitting in front of the camera and you're like, oh, this is my angle that I've got to be in or, oh, I, I should do this now because, you know, that's, I'll look good on camera. Right. You just don't care anymore. I mean, yeah, for an extent, like you should care what you look like on camera <laughs> because like we're in that industry, but just 
I, I do what feels natural. Like yeah. I, I want to do the things that, because that's how I feel in that moment, not because what's going to make me look the best in that moment. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, I'd say that's a great thing. You're, it sounds like you've, you're, you feel a little bit more grounded, a little bit more just in the moment and less distracted by those, those tiny details. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. That's awesome. Um, and then I would love to just, I mean, even if there are some things that maybe you haven't done, but other people uh, have suggested or things like that, but um, you know, there are a lot of, I feel like there's so many kind of like cheesy and like hokey suggestions that everyone has about walking through grief. And I think for artists, there can be some ones that are kind of unique for us. Um, so I feel like I need to like give the disclaimer just because we are talking about something so serious. If you are listening to this and you are really going through a hard time and um, are feeling really, really low, I would highly, highly recommend that you connect with a therapist, psychologist, life coach, you know, a, a mental health professional to, um, to help you out because that is totally awesome. And they're really good at their jobs. Um, they can really help you walk through that. Um, yeah. But, some, yeah, yeah. Um, but then I know, you know, there's other things supplementally that you can do to kind of help you process. Um, I know a lot of people write and create projects and um, use the, the grief that they're experiencing to help inspire their art. So if that's something for you, um, that could be great. Um, is there anything else? I'm trying to think. Lean on your tribe. Yeah, I, you know, it's what I want to say to anybody. It, you know, when you're going through this, it's okay to feel the way you do, you know, don't, do not beat yourself up. I did. I did that. I beat myself up over it. You, you know, you said you beat yourself up. Just, yeah. It's so hard. It's, it's easy to say this now when, then when you're going through it, but like, don't beat yourself up, you know, whoever that person is or was, they, they loved you and you know, you love them. So take some time for yourself, figure out what you need. And believe me, you're not going to know at first what you're going to need, but I promise you it's going to get better. It will. Yeah. It will get better. Yeah. One of the things I like to say is keep showing up for yourself. Um, yeah. I think it's really easy to kind of let yourself spiral, you know, into a dark place and just kind of hover there. And I think, well, it's really important to honor your feelings, to keep showing up for yourself. Even if you just try to find one thing every day that, you know, makes you smile or something that, you know, you love to do. Um, I think those little tiny steps really do add up in a big way for sure. Yeah, you're exactly right. You're exactly right. Like do the things that make you happy, you know, make show up for yourself. That's a great, that's a really great thing to say. It's like, go outside, go, go be in nature, like, you know, do the things that make you happy. Really, really do that. Yeah. Um, so to wrap up, do you have any last words of advice um, or comments to give to anyone who might be walking through something like this right now? Uh, I mean, I think I said it just, I, yeah. you know, the, the last thing, yeah, it's like, it's, it's going to be okay. You know, like it, it's tough don't beat yourself up. It's, it really it is not an easy thing. It's not an easy thing for anyone to go through this process. And it's going to be different for everyone. 
it's, it's not the same. Be with your family, you know, be with the friends that make you feel good and do the things that make you happy. Yeah. Like I said, you're not going to know at first. It's going <laughs> to be a whirlwind. It's going to be, you, you're going to hate life. You're going to want to stay inside. You're going to, I, I think I stayed in my room for like when, before I got, went home that first time, I did not leave my room for 24, 36 hours. I just stayed. Wow. And then, okay, well, I've got a flight to catch. I have to leave. Right. Um, you're not going to know what you need, but I promise you, you will figure it out. It, it will, it will work itself out. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Well, thank you again, seriously, so much for, for sharing your story and being vulnerable and, and sharing your advice, because I know there's a lot of people who are really going to benefit from this. Um, so not to suddenly go up to a more positive note, but I would love for you to share um, how people can connect with you online um, and learn more about you and your projects. Uh, so I have a website, davidadamflannery.com. Um, you know, you can find me on Instagram, David Flannery and, uh, Facebook, um, IMDB, of course, for all of us <laughs> out there. Um, yeah. And please feel free to reach out. You know, I'm, I'm a pretty fairly friendly guy. So fairly <laughs> no, friendly. <laughs> yeah. Fairly friendly. No, I'm, I'm super friendly and I love meeting new people. And if I don't know you just feel free, like shoot me a message, you know, it's, it's okay. And I will get back and, you know, let just be there for you. I promise the best way I can. So, um, yeah, Allison, awesome. thank you so much for this. I, I really did enjoy speaking with you today and I'm glad we were able to do it. Awesome. Me too. Thanks so much, Dave. Yeah. Thank you. Making an episode on this topic has been high on my priority list since before the first season of the podcast even launched. While I haven't lost an immediate family member, I will always remember the experience I had of losing one of my dear friends, Carl Crickmeyer, when I was a young actor. Carl was an incredible actor, friend, and mentor, and he passed far too soon and unexpectedly from a previously unknown heart condition while he was sleeping. It impacted me so very deeply, personally and professionally. And I really wish I knew then what I know now about walking through grief as an actor. And my hope is that you will all be a bit more aware and prepared if that day should come after listening to this episode. I cannot thank Dave enough for sharing his story with such honesty. That kind of vulnerability is so brave. Talking openly about these situations is so, so important. Whether you talk to your inner circle of friends or to hundreds and thousands of people, through a platform like this, like Dave did today through the podcast. Sharing these difficult seasons with one another helps us not feel so alone and connects us in a deep way. And I'm telling you, it can truly help others who are going through the same thing as you. I want to encourage you to take care of yourself if you're walking through a difficult time right now, whether it's this situation or something totally different. Talk to people that you trust. Work with a therapist, even if you don't think you really need to. Keep doing activities you love. Find ways to infuse positivity into every day. Create. Eat well and exercise and whatever else you know you need to care for your mind, heart, and body. You are worth it.
You are loved. And all of us are rooting for you to make it through whatever challenging walk you're on right now. If you enjoyed this episode and know someone who would be deeply impacted by it and would benefit from hearing Dave's story, could you share it with them? This message is so powerful, and I want to make sure that our entire artist community hears it and can benefit from it. You can also connect with me and the other listeners over on Instagram at It's a Slate of Mind or my personal account at Allison underscore Hazelden for more resources from this episode on walking through grief as an artist. Until next week, I'm your host, Allison Hazelden. Well, friends, that's it for this week's episode of It's a Slate of Mind. I'm Allison Hazelden, and thank you for joining us. See you next time.